This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, and welcome to another edition of that Mill podcast. This show's on the back of Millwall versus Borough, uh, where Millwall become victories for a change. Uh, we played with about four. And uh, we looked exciting for a change. But anyway, before we get into all that detail, I will introduce two new faces and one old, um, fairly fresh, considering it's his birthday yesterday. I believe he is hanging. I will just throw that out there in case uh, any mistakes happen. But let's welcome birthday boy, weekender, one and only Kai. How you doing, fella? Yeah, more good, man. More good. No, tired, but... But, but, but hanging on, as you say. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Right, these next two voices are um, podcast virgins to our show anyway. Um, they've been on the uh, StreamYard. Stream no, that's what we recorded. They've been on um, the Twitter spaces after the games. They've been on uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks. So you've probably heard their voices, but now you can put a face to that voice. Uh, I'm going to come in first with you, Stephen. Hello, mate. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to it. It's good, it's good. It's all good, mate. It's all good. We're fairly laid back, so yeah. And then the other person, last but no mind least, uh, Ben, how you doing, fella? All right, chaps. Thank you very much for having me. Really looking forward to it. Enjoyed the Twitter spaces. So yeah, enjoyed to... Well, looking forward to having a chat to you first tonight about all things uh, Millwall and wonderful. Yeah, no, that's it, that's it, that's it. So look, we're, um, we're going to crack on with part one and then... Um, yeah, we'll be back after this. Welcome back then. Um, so, Mill versus... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Kai, you're in charge of the Lionesses media now. You have an option on our channel to be able to speak about the Lionesses and you spoke fuck all about them and they're winning, winning every single game. So let's go in with the first five minutes or so. Tell us about the Lionesses and... What we're missing out on by not watching them. The Lionesses are extremely exciting to watch. Um, they everything is attacking football. Um, every every pass is is aimed to go forward. Um, and yeah, it's just an all round. Um, at the moment, they're doing really well. They they won two 0 today away at AFC Acorns. Um, really good win. Uh, two goals from Lucy Jetta uh, secured the win. 
actually both uh, second half goals as well. Something we're not that used to. We, we, we last couple of weeks, especially been putting teams away in the in the first half. Beat Bromley last week in the FA Cup. Seven goals in twenty what twenty one first half minutes. Um, basically, well, rounded off a, a win already. Do you know what I mean? In second half, seven goals in twenty one minutes. It was it was silly. It was it was fantastic. It was That's it amazing. was silly. It was um, but it was unbelievable. But they won again today, top of the league, um, through to the round, next round of the FA Cup after winning last week. And um, yeah, everything's going everything's going really well. It was a tough batch today. They 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 dug in. They had to had to show a bit quality. Had to um, we didn't have things all our own way. Um, but ultimately, did really well. Got the three points, and that's all that matters. And yeah, two goals. I mean, so yeah, buzzing. I mean, this just for those who who aren't one hundred percent up to level with the lionesses and all that. Like, I mean, I I shouted about the lionesses a few years ago when um, when the London, well, the MK Dons of women's football tried to stitch the lionesses up and um, and, and tried to take the history and everything else. And, you know, good luck to um, Tom Gale and, and obviously Catherine Gale from the MSC who jumped on that cause massively and, and, and helped get the Lionesses where they are today and, and formed and everything else. But basically they dropped from being a, quite a way high in the football pyramid to now being fairly low because they pretty much had to start again. So you had to find all your new players, um, all your new coaches, your new um, manager, and, and basically started from fresh. But since they've started from fresh, they seem to be flying, don't they? They seem to have really clicked. No, they are. I think I think it all go it all stems from the from obviously the management team to, to the players. But the players bonders is they're really close to the team. Um they all get on really well. Um and, and to be fair, there's there's some signings in there that that you know are probably that step up from the league we're in, but we managed to get them in. Um players yeah. like Tisha Charles, Jay Keogh. Um, who all, all both of them are tier three players, but we've got them in tier five. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd say Tisha is probably that one player. Her and Angel on the wings just literally just—they're the sort of players that just kick the ball past the wing back and they just run after it, get on everything, get on the end of everything. They're just absolutely rapid, and they—they set—they set our attacks on fire. Um, but no, so far so good for the Linus. It's been a good start to the season. Six wins out of seven, six wins on the bounce. So happy day so far. Excellent. So they won today two nil. Two nil. Yep. I'm going to put you right on the spot now, Kai. Who's their best player? It's difficult there. as a team. They're they're very good as a team. Um, they know. Hello, Pardon? Since you're getting splinters on your arse, are you sitting on a fence? I, I'd, I'd say that you know. I think most people will agree that the most, the, the two most influential. I'll, I'll say two because I think they're they're both they are both out. You know, diff, you know, same sort of quality from both sides. But Atisha and Angel, the two wingers, they. They're very good um, on the wings. When Jim O'Brien gets up to speed as well, she's been one of the top goal scorers in, in English women's football um, a couple of years ago until she got injured. So she's a top player as well. But I'd say Atisha and Angel are the, are the two ones. Oh, right. the moment. Well, let's stop it there before this turns into a Lioness podcast rather than a Millwall podcast. We're talking about their best player. Let's move on to potentially our best player. Um, and definitely looks as if it's going that way. I'm going to start with you, Stephen. Uh, I'm talking about Fleming. What a player he seems to be turning into. I think um, the the biggest thing with Fleming is I think a lot of supporters got caught up in the hype of the videos 
at the start of the season, everyone went onto sort of YouTube or Twitter and was kind of seeing this guy banging in all kinds of goals, free kicks, left foot, right foot. And you instantly sort of think, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be a star player. And I think he got injured um, in the first game or the second game. And he kind of, everything went quiet. We didn't see much of him, but the last couple of games, he's, he's really starting to have the impact we thought he would. He looks like the player from those videos and and I think the thing is, you know, you see a lot of stats that go about that say, oh, he's had more shots than anyone in the league. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. And we're now reaping the, the benefits of that, of him, um, you know, wanting to take people on and wanting to, to take a chance on goal because I think it's now four in the last couple of weeks and long may it continue. Uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of a spanner in the works. I At the moment, I don't think he's our best player, but I think right, he's well okay. on the way. I think he's well on the way um, come, to, to becoming. I'll come back to you on who you think your best, who you think our best player is in a bit. But Ben, what's your views on um, on Fleming then? What's my views on Fleming? Um, I think he's living up to everything that we probably thought we hoped he would be. I think last year playing for a team that obviously nearly got relegated from the Eredivisie, having the uh, pedigree that he had from Ajax and as I say playing for a team that he got relegated was still getting in the Eredivisie Premier uh, sorry the team of the season I think he's doing everything that we thought he would that, that we all hoped right so I, I, for, for me I love him um, I think we need to sign him up to a 10 year contract already get that massive release clause on him I'm just I'm, I'm sold um, it's nice to have a bit of um, excitement about signing and yeah I'm all in on Fleming he hates West Ham I'm, I'm just in I'm where in did him. that come from? <laughs> I mean I don't know where, where did that come from that he hates West Ham? I think it's more that... the uh, the tune isn't it? the uh, Zian Fleming whoa Zian Fleming whoa he comes from Amsterdam he fucking hates West Ham get that oh, in I'll there I've got, got you now yeah 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 Liverpool, yeah, yeah. Liverpool genius Liverpool genius but I think it's just that right so um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I think for me, he's someone that we've probably missed over the past few years. Someone of real quality. Someone we—he's probably got sell-on value as well, right? We're not talking about just now what he can bring to us, but he's got sell-on value. I think he bring, every, every, everything that we've missed over the last few years. I think he's got. No, I totally agree. Kai, views on Fleming before we go into the game. Uh, just a quality player, isn't he? I said a couple of weeks ago that um, what I'm most impressed with is that. Every time we get the ball, he wants he wants it. He's always showing for the ball. He's always offering, um, and I think that's probably one of the most impressive things. You know, when a team's low on confidence, which we have been recently, um, for a player like Art Fleming to be able to, you know, want to always be on the ball shows his his levels of confidence. You know, have, haven't dropped. Um, and it was only a matter of time, wasn't it? Before obviously Rotherham, we, we saw him shoot from outside the box many times. Some of them went wide. Some of them were saved by the keepers. Only a matter of time before one flew in the back of the net. Obviously, it did. And Saturday, he was, he was just as good, scored two more goals. First one, you could say, was a little bit lucky, but lucky, but do we deserve that luck? I think we do. And the second goal was, he made it look easy. So, yeah, fantastic player, a fantastic signing, and hopefully he can continue that. Just disappointed that he could have got his hat-trick, but we're coming to that in the game in a, in a little bit. So um, just, on, okay. just on that, Mickey, as well, I was going to say, just from in terms of our perspective, like, from us to have a quality player, just what Kai said, I think it makes a difference for us to have someone that's real quality and is not not scared to do the things that we probably missed before. Kai mentioned there, like 
someone who wants to get on the ball all the time, wants to shoot, wants to get past people, wants to beat people. I think that's the biggest difference when you really get a quality player that he does I that think, all the time. He gets I on think, it and he yeah. can do those things. I think you're right. And I think the thing is, and again, we're coming to the game in a little bit, but this is this is going in an interesting way now. But um, I think that if Vog Slammer shows, I know he's 31, but he's a, he is a... Um, a good professional. If you look at his, you know his his history as such. If he could start hitting the ground running as well, and start getting played in positions where he's actually going to do something, which we talked about um, on the space yesterday. But if he could start hitting his form as well with him and Fleming, I think potentially we've got two great professionals who are who are hopefully going to be class players who will only. I think bring the rest of the class out of the out of the rest of the team. Um, I'll go to you again on that one first, Ben. <laughs> yeah, Vlogsnam is a weird one for me because I, I I don't feel like we know where his best position is. Again, we're probably going on YouTube videos and what we've all seen in Germany. He looks like an out and out number nine to me, and he looks like his best position is between the six yard box. Are we playing him in that position? Probably not, but. I think, yeah, I yeah, totally agree. I think but if, we, if we can get him and Fleming firing, then I think we've had a, a real good, well, a couple of coups, really, because I don't think many people would have looked at them and gone, we want them in our side. So, yeah, I think, yeah, if we can get them both firing, I think we if we can be, get them both playing in their best positions, then I think we'll, yeah, we'll see the benefits from both of them. Kai? No, I absolutely agree. I think um, I think Boggy, you know, it's difficult with Boggy because he's playing slightly out of position, isn't he, right now? Um, he's obviously a striker. He's playing on the right and, you know, it's hard to sort of judge him in, in that way. But what I will say about Boggy is he, is he gives everything. He works hard. He, he really worked hard down that wing yesterday and, and he could have had a goal or an assist, you know, yesterday. And if he does, then his performance looks even better. So them two are exciting. Gary said in his press conference after that, um, them two players are, are the two ones you have to literally drag off the pitch. Um, on training um they're constantly there practicing shooting um and i think that shows their their professionalism and i think that will, that will only improve the, the other the other players um i guess their their qualities and it will, it will show them it'll give them a good a good platform to learn from no i totally agree with that Stephen, what's your views on those two um you know if fog slammer hits the ground running you know as we expect him to once he gets to grips with the championship i think he's I think we've got another bowler on our hands here with him and Fleming. I think so. I, I think the big thing with both of them, I can't remember who it was that just said it there, but I think by having a Fleming, someone who clearly has, a, you know, what should we say, more ability or, or is a better player than maybe some of the other players in the squad, but the other players in the squad, were, you know, they don't want to be left behind and they want to, you know, they don't want to have someone on their hands that they don't utilise properly. And they want to, you know, you don't want to be just kicking the ball upfield and hoping for the best. So I think on Fleming, I think he will he will get the best out of the players around him. Um, with Voggy, uh, I said this yesterday, and I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, it almost feels a little bit like how Harris used to use Aidan O'Brien. Aidan O'Brien was good. Um, he scored a lot of goals, but he wasn't quite Morrison and Gregory. So he was just given the position to play on the left. And I think, I don't know if it's that he's not trusted or if he's not, because he's not adapted to the to, to English football just yet, but it's almost as if he's not been given that opportunity to play in the position that is probably his best position, which is in the number nine, um, you know, in the number nine or 10 role. 
Um, I think if you've got a, you know, um, someone with who's clearly got ability, you know, he's he's played in the Bundesliga. It's not a, you know, it is a tough league. He's he's scored goals in that division. I, I think if he does start to score, um, it gets one. I think you'll start to see regular goals, and I think, as you say, with with Fleming and um, and Voggy on form, I, I can only see us going one way. On the subject of Fleming, and I think Ben had said about um, a transfer value and a sell-on value. Do we think that um, Fortuna Sittard have a sell-on clause in his? And do you think it would be quite substantial? So any fee that we do get would have to be quite a big fee moving forward because I think I, they would put on a hefty percentage. I think they're probably looking at probably a 20-25% sell-on, I reckon. Uh, but they'd be stupid if they didn't. Um, mm. Because, you know, I can see him easily now, before going forward, that he's probably worth three to five million now to a Prem team if they come into him now. And I think the longer we keep probably. him, the higher that will go. Um, yeah, the, only, the only thing on that, Mickey, can I just say, why do we not think... Obviously, we've scouted him for a long time, right? I mean, there was it was... It was fact that we wanted him in January and we didn't get him. Is there any reason why we don't think a lower league Premier League side haven't gone in for him before now? Because like it is us, right? We 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 probably get players that we probably shouldn't get or uh, cast offs. Not saying that is the case with Fleming, but with do, yeah, is, is there any reason why we don't think a Premier I don't League know. for him for? Or, or I mean, that's that's a great question, and I don't know. Maybe if someone's listening, they might know. I don't know. I mean, I know that. He liked the way that Mill was, you know, set to get him uh, and come after him a lot. I think he, the whole, um, the way we play, the atmosphere at Inkels, I think he just, you know, fell in love with. Again, you know, I, I've, I've got no idea, but it don't really matter whether or not they did or they didn't. We got him. We've um, got him. Yeah, and exactly. going forward, you know, we just need to keep hold of him. If we can keep hold of him past this next transfer window, then fantastic. Um, but you know, if he starts scoring goals and becoming, you know, our um, our Highland, you know, the same as Man City's got, if he becomes ours and starts knocking goals in every game, then people are going to come knocking. Kai, I know you're hanging, fella, and you're looking as if you're draining as each minute ticks by on our clock on the screen. Um, give us um, match report from you. Give us your match feedback from yesterday. And maybe give us some comments from the press conference, and then uh, and then we can come in on the back of that, mate. So come on in. Um, no, I thought it was a it was a it was a largely a good performance. Um, but you know, it wasn't um, really pleasing to see the four at the back work. I thought it you know did did well enough on Wednesday to be given a given a go. I think Gary sort of uh, rep, uh, rep, you know that he, he replicated that view. You know, he knew exactly the same, and I think that's why probably why he played it again. Um, really impressed with Hutch and Cooper. We've, we've, the thing is with, with Hutch and Coops, we've, we've seen so many times, that we, especially under Harris, Hutch and Coops had that fantastic partnership back in the 2017-18 season. There's no reason why they can't continue it now. Um, and so that, that's, that's really exciting. Fleming looks like that player that, we, that we've, been, we've been crying out for. We've always wanted an attacking midfielder, haven't we? Someone that's going to link them two, two together. And we've, we've finally got someone like it and it looks like a really good signing. Um, but overall, we're very pleased. Um, Gary sort of alluded to the fact that back four in the in the press conference said that he'd been contemplating for a couple of weeks now and that um if he felt like it was the right time um to do Bullshit. it. Bullshit. I'm sorry, but I've got to call that. Fucking he's been thinking about it for a few weeks. He's been thinking about it when he realised that potentially his mortgage ain't gonna be paid and that the fans are gonna turn and force him out the 
out of the stadium potentially that he's gone I'll bow down to peer pressure. I mean when he said that, did you did you get did you think he was being sincere or do you think he's just playing smart and thinking I've got to go? Because if he's been thinking about four for a few weeks, then he could have played at any point this season and hasn't. Um I know he was really after the Blackpool game. He said about how he how he was close to playing about four for that game. Um, so I think it probably is. I, I, I probably I probably do believe him that it's probably something he has been contemplating. Maybe whether he was just working out whether it's the right time. Obviously, you know, you could say it's you know people could say it's it's convenient. It, it, you know, we'll never know. But I think he has been probably probably toying with the idea whether to do it or not, whether not to do it. But I guess probably that the results recently have probably forced his hand more than he maybe wanted to do it, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do believe he, he probably contemplated it, but I think had the results have turned around and we would have been good with about five, probably would have stuck with that, wouldn't he? So, you know, difficult to work out. Yeah, but he didn't. So, yeah. I mean, Stephen, your views of, of yesterday, any standout moments or...? Um, I, I think pretty much what Kai had said there, I think the, the one thing that we were desperately missing in this side was an attacking midfielder, someone to get goals from midfield on a regular basis. I know Jed technically was an attacking midfielder, but he was a winger. Yeah, he wasn't. We don't, mean, we don't mention his name. <laughs> Jed who to us. He is Jed who. But he he wasn't the he wasn't a central player and I think we really missed that. We needed someone to be you know, willing to take a chance, willing to to try things in and around the box, even to the point of winning free kicks. Because you know what we've seen from Fleming, he, you know he's he's got a decent free kick on him. Obviously, scored from one yesterday, albeit with a deflection. But you know that's the, that we were desperate for that. And and uh, earlier on, I'd mentioned that I, I don't think he's our, our best player. I think our best player and yesterday was very very good. Is George Savile? I think when George Savile plays well, they will play well. Um, I think he's been quite hard done by um, it this season by not playing as, as much as I think he should. Um, and I think yesterday, alongside Billy Mitchell, I thought um, the midfield was excellent. They they um, they worked hard. They won the ball back tirelessly throughout the game, and and looked also looked to get forward. I think the biggest the biggest compliment that we can give Mill at the moment is I think a lot of the supporters, myself included. It's it's negative. It's you get to the halfway line, and whilst there's still that hint of being unsure, there are occasions where Mitchell and Savile and McNamara, Wallace down the left hand side were, you know, were driving forward, and we were trying to get into you know um, dangerous positions. And I think, yeah, it was two nil. Probably couldn't should have been more. But um, I think there's a lot of credit that needs to go to the players because they've they've seemingly that the you know the leash has been has been. Uh, uh, loosened a little bit, and they've been given a little bit more freedom with this back four. And I think they, I think it looks like they enjoyed it, and I think it, it comes across that you know we 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 can do it. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'll throw a curveball to you, then, Ben. Is Fleming better player for us than Jed? <laughs> that is a tough question. Um, I think. To have someone like we like we all like to probably downplay probably what Jed did for us just because in how it ended last year. But for me, Jed was probably our most important player for a long time. And whilst I look, I, I really hope Fleming gets to that point where he's our mainstay in attacking positions and what we do going forward for a long time. Jed did it consistently, really, for us for three, four, five years, right? 
And we're only seeing with Fleming, he's done it for a few games. I really hope he gets there. But to say, is he comparable to Jed at this minute? Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 well, actually, I don't know. I, I don't think he is. I don't think... I, Jed, oh, OK, OK. I don't think but he is. Obviously... Do I hope he gets there, yes. Do I hope he yeah, gets there, yeah. With the Rotherham game and, and obviously yesterday's game, um, the back four looks interesting, doesn't it, Ben? It yeah, I think... If it gives the players a little bit more freedom and... and and um, Mitchell seems to be playing really well in it. There, there was something that I heard from Paul Merson. He, he spoke about when England played a back three, and it's only when you don't have confidence in your two centre-halves being yeah. a really yeah. good defensive pair. And I think when we have Hutch and Cooper there, for me, there ain't a better centre-half partnership in the league than them two. I think they've been consistent as anyone. They're as good as anyone for me, they're premiership level. I genuinely think that defensively, I think they're as good as anyone in the league. Um, and I think there's probably an element of with, with Rowie. I don't think he probably trusts us going back at times. And I think that's only because of the fullbacks. Would I prefer to play a four? Yes. I think Danny Mack isn't a wing back. I think he's a right back. And similarly, yeah. similarly with Malone, I think he's a he's a left back. He's not a wing back. So I, I would prefer us to play a four. Again, like you chaps are saying, I think, it gives us more flexibility going forward. I think in a four-two-three-one that we seem to be playing, I think it gives Mitchell that uh, potential to get on the ball more, do more, get forward more, just 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 influence the game more. So for me, yeah, I, I, I definitely prefer the four than the five or the three. No, no, that's it. Those of you watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, Kai is no longer here. The hangover has got him. <laughs> it's and, awesome. um, He's blessed. I don't think he got hardly any sleep last night. Then he went out with the Lionesses um, to watch to do their game today, and he's he's just absolutely drained. But on your on your bit, and I think Steve will probably come in on the back of this one as well. Um, but you said that Coops is great, um, and and Hutchinson's a great partnership. I think Cooper is not the player we're used to seeing. He's he's, he's definitely got a mistake or two in him. Recently. Yeah, look, I, I no, I agree with that. I, I, I think he has got a mistake or two in him, but I think if you look at the low over the last again four or five years, right? I think he's he's, he's, he's a proper, he's a mainstay. He, he, tell me that there's not many sides in the championship that he wouldn't get into. I think that's when I was look at the players, right? I, 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 there's not many teams that wouldn't want to have Coops in their side. I don't think he's best technically. I don't think he's great passing out. We know that, but as a centre half and a proper centre half, and I mean winning headers, tackles. I don't think there's many better than him in the league, personally. Has he got a mistake in him? Yeah, but that's really why he's playing the Championship. And that's not his, and that's why he's not playing the Premier League. Stephen, uh, everything you've just said there, I would. Um, that's how I would describe Sean Hutchinson, personally. <laughs> um, I think Sean Hutchinson is he is without a doubt in the top three centre halves in in the Championship. Uh, I think when Hutchinson plays, um, we look better. At the back, we have a leader. There's somebody there that's um, vocal, that's not frightened to... I think he's not frightened to to, to get into his own players uh, as well as the opposition and the ref when he needs to. Um, I think I think he makes Cooper a better player yeah, in, a, in a back two. I, uh, 
I like Jake Cooper, I really do. And I, I, it's, he struggled this year. And, and I think the mistakes of... Have... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sort of outweighing, um, you know, the, some of the good work that he does. Um I think that you're right. They are a good pair together, um, but I think I think Mill's defensive sort of frailty has been when we've not had Sean Hutchinson. He's not, you know, well, I'm not saying every time he's going to play, we're not going to concede because we're Mill. We know we're going to concede goals, but I think Sean. I think when he plays, I think he makes Cooper look a better player. And in a back, a back two, the, the two centre halves, um, absolutely. Uh, there's not many, if if at all, a better pair. And I think you're right with the wing backs and the, uh, the the full back situation. Danny Mac and and possibly Murray Wallace are left back and right backs. They are not wing backs. They they're not they're not that good going forward. Let's be honest. I think Malone might have a little bit more in him going forward, but I think defensively he's he's not great. So again, um, it, I think if you if you're going to tinker between a four and a five. I think you have to get the right players in the wing back position because I think only there's limitations to all of our, our full backs at the moment into to what system they can play in. Danny Mack is definitely a right back. Do you Absolutely. know what I mean? And just going back to the the, the, the the Hutch piece, I think we've struggled in this period now because Hutch hasn't been playing and goals like the goals we conceded against QPR, I just don't think they happen with Hutch on the pitch. And I know how it alluded to long coming in because he's more vocal than Bilikowski and all that sort of thing. I don't really buy that, but for me, I just don't think, as I said, I don't think that QPR goal happens if Hutch is on the pitch because I think he's that he's that leader, right? And I think he has been so massively understated in what we've done over the last two, three, four years. I think, as I say, for me, he's the best. He could play in the Premier League for me. I think he's the best defender that we've had for a long time. That's quite a claim, mate, isn't it? I think he's this generation's Robbo. Yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. Something like that. just he's a stalwart. He's a stalwart in the, in our centre in our defence. Right, he does everything. Yeah. I think he's a he organises us. He's defence defensively. I think he's brilliant. He, as I say, he wins tackles, headers. Very rarely gives the ball away going forward. And more importantly, as, as I said, I don't think we concede silly goals like we did against QPR if he's in the, in that back three, five, four, whatever it is. I think he's that guy that just organises us. And for me, yeah. we miss him more than anyone when he doesn't play. I totally agree. I mean, let's look at the other player. I mean, Danny Mack, as I said a minute ago, definitely 100% right back is his position, isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, he's not a winger. A right back is his, his chosen position. That is um, where he needs to play now because he, he seemed to be, he seems to play well. He played well there yesterday. 
it's funny actually because I don't know if any of you saw it that um, QPR uh, Reading game on Friday, and they've got Ethan Laird at right back. Obviously, well documented. They wanted Danny Mac, and you know they yeah. were after him for all, all for the summer. And Laird put in a cross for uh, their striker to score. Very good cross for it, you know. When Danny McNamara does get forward, I don't have any confidence that he's actually going to be able to deliver the ball. But when someone's attacking him or he's trying to shield the ball out of play or he needs to make a tackle, I'd back him every time down that right-hand side, which again just shows that he is a right-back. Um, I think, it, you know, he's a Millwall fan. We all know that. And, you know, they, they love a tackle and, and he's not going to, you know, bottle tackles and things. But if it's the same as Mitchell, if you ask them to do the jobs that they're good at, they're going to look like good players. If you ask them to do the jobs because you're trying to play a certain way or things they're not comfortable with, it just doesn't work. And we've seen that. It's the same with Bury though, isn't it? If you put him in a position where he's comfortable in, he he plays really, really well. You stick him in a position where, you know, he doesn't necessarily, you know, like playing. And I know he's young and I know he's still learning the game, but, I think we've got, an, uh, again, you know, we're talking about, we've got another baller there who, who's going to be cracking in, in a few seasons' time. Um, but you've just got to play him in a position where he wants to play. And he needs to bulk up a little bit as well, I think. Definitely needs to bulk up, yeah, and have air cut as well. I think there's an element of both of the same thing with both of those players. I think if Danny Mack was as good going forward as he is, probably defensively and just as a fullback. He probably wouldn't be playing for us, right? He'd probably be in the Premier League. And I think yeah. now you look at the Premier League right backs slash wing backs, they could do it going both ways. And I think Danny Mack for me just lacks that end product going forward, whether it be a cross or a pass. And that's, that is ultimately why he plays for us, right? And he's not in the Premier League. Because again, engine wise, and there was rumours last year that Southampton and clubs were looking at him. They probably looked at him and thought, he just hasn't got that in prep now where he can find the pass or a cross, or as I said, and, and probably similar with Burry. Well, I think I think a lot of that's consistency. If he's playing the games, then I think that will come. If he's playing in the formation where it works, where he's in a position where it works, then I think that will come. Um, and, and, I mean, hopefully going forward, you only need to put a ball in and someone like Fleming or Ross Lemo or, or Bennett will finish it off. Yeah, I no, yeah, I, so, yeah. I, I disagree with that. I think, yeah, as I say, I think for me, if he improves that and that final third product and that ball going forward, then I, look, I think he will outgrow us ultimately. I know he's a Mill fan and we all love him, but I think he's better than, I, yeah, I think he's got the ability to step up to that next level. Probably, I think, I think yeah. that's why the contract stuff was gone because there was clauses yeah. what needed to, you know, rumours are there was clauses what needed to put in. He wanted to sign. I think a three-year deal with a, a potential get-out, so that if someone come along for him, he could go. Um, I think the club had other ideas. Again, it's only hearsay. I've got. I think, I think he's a way off that, Mick, as we say. Right, I think he's a way off that. He needs to play consistently. I think he needs to play in a position that's going to suit him for a while. I don't think he's ready-made for the Premier League by any means. I think there would be a lot of clubs looking at him saying he's got the potential of, but as you say, he's got to play in that position regularly and do it regularly in terms of end product. That's probably why. Clubs haven't brought him right or been interested in. Yeah, I think that you know that will go change going forward. But I mean, yeah, no, I agree. As a whole, with our transfer buying this season, I mean, if we looked in the transfer window, you know, we got rid of Jed Wallace, we got rid of most of our players, you know, Matt Smith, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
and three, four days into the transfer window, we were thinking we're fucking in dire straits. So then we make the signings we've got. Um, were you or are you a bit disappointed or is it because they're possibly young as well? But what's your views? I'll come to you first, Steve. What's your views on Cresswell? Um, I think I said this on one of the spaces a couple of weeks ago that um, Cresswell come with, a, again, a YouTube videos. It's, it's the way of the world. Everyone, and Leeds fans were sort of talking about him being, um, you know, should have been in their team and they haven't got any decent centre-backs. Why would they loaning him out, etc.? I think there's a player in there. You wouldn't play it under 21's level for England if there wasn't. You, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen. But... I think there's um, he's young. He's not had a lot of regular first team football, and when you come to a place like like us, um, you know you have to be on your game as a centre half. You know the club is built on legends in that position, and and I think um, it's a step down from Dan Ballard. I think Ballard. W- was ready to be playing championship football. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced on Cresswell. There's a player in there, don't get me wrong, and I think in years to come we'll look back and go, oh, he's, he's got better than when than what we were watching. Um, and I think there's still a role for him to play. There was a story that came out that Norwich are, are sniffing around him because there's talk that he could go back to Leeds in January and, and, and whatnot. So there's definitely a player in there. But I think... Um, it's one that we'd have to we have to take with a pinch of salt. While there'll be great tackles and good things from him, if you play him, I think you, you're prone to a mistake. Ben, I think everything Stephen there is probably spot on. I think um, I've got friends that are Leeds fans, and all I heard was good things and how how good he was and the potential that he had. I think playing for probably even Leeds in the Premier League and playing for us at centre half is a completely different different kettle of fish. I think in the championship, it's a completely different game. It's like a Sunday league game compared to the Premier League. It's 100 mile now all the time. You have to defend. You have to be defensively sound. I could even see him doing well for a Norwich because they probably have more ball than us. So he can get the ball, make passes into midfield. Look, there's obviously, again, what seems is definitely a player in there. You don't play for England under 21s if there's not. Do I think he's right for us? Probably not. Would I have rather gone for Ballard? Yes because I just think Ballard was the best defensive player. But I think it's a tough one. He's a young kid. He's learning his trade. Is it what we need? No. Is it what Leeds need? Yes. They need to get their players out on loan. It's a tough one. I mean, I think Ballard, I think there was a gamble there and we wanted to take him on loan for an extra year because we could see that potentially there was an injury in him. Um, And I think that's why we didn't necessarily go buy him straight out. And I think for a team like Arsenal to dump a player like Ballard points to you that probably we took the right gamble, to be fair. Because um, if there was something about him, Arsenal would have kept him and played him or, or at least kept him for a little bit because obviously there was going to be a financial reward for him. Um, but as we've seen, you know, he's out of injury, um, unfortunately, and, and you'll have to wait and see how he comes back from that injury. But just, just, just on that front as well, Mickey, I mean, I, I've got, again, got a couple of Arsenal fans and I said to them, I cannot believe that Ballard is not in your first team. For me, he was as defensively good as I've seen 
anyone play for Arsenal. So I couldn't believe he was not staying with them. But it might be a case of they knew he was a bit injury prone. We maybe knew he was a bit injury prone. And maybe we've seen that now, right? No, that's it. I mean, the other two, the other couple of players that we've got in, I mean, Honeyman, obviously, again, looks like a, a, a good player for us. Um, and I'll come to you first on this one, Ben. Has he impressed you or are you a bit disappointed with him? Look, again, I think first couple of games he looked good, didn't he? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, again, Stephen, we, we spoke on the spaces there. I spoke about it probably a couple of weeks ago. Where I said, he's the sort of signing that in years gone past that we probably wouldn't have made. And I, and I mean that in a sense of we're signing now other championship clubs' best players. He was the fans' player of the year or the players' player of the year, whatever he was for the whole last year. So, for me, that's an upgrade on what we've previously done. I think he's a Mill type player, and we keep we 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 try and get away from that all the time. And we say a Mill type player, but he'll always give a hundred percent. Will he be the best player on the pitch every week? Probably not, but he will always be a six, seven out of ten, and do what he needs to. For me, I'd love to see him in that midfield, whether it be for Savile or Mitchell when they're just not on form, or just need to swap them out. I I. I for me, I think he's a good signing. I like him, and he's a good he's a good player. He's an upgrade on what we've previously had, and yeah, I I, I like Honeyman. Steve, I mean, do you like Honeyman? And also, I mean, throwing Shackleton there as well. Uh, I think Honeyman is caught up in the fact that he's one of these utility players that can do a job, possibly in a number of different kind of roles. And I think when you play. It, it, with the five at the back and the you know the three midfielders whatever you can probably afford to put, get him in because he can do a number of jobs for you when you've got sort of a bit more of a the formation we played yesterday um i think it is difficult for him to get in the side i i, I think he is a middle type player i think he's going to give you 100 percent, whether it's a good game or a bad game um i agree with ben the fact that we're signing a championship or a, a, a championship club's better players, arguably best player, then, you know, that can only put us in the, moving in the right direction. Um, other clubs have done it to us in the past, so there's no reason why we can't do it and we haven't, we've done it now, we can't do it again. Um, Shackleton, again, another utility player. I, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago at the ground with a couple of people that sit up um, near me and we the, the word utility really really frustrates me because that's that's a, a lot of our players tend to be like that we tend to get there he can play at left back he can play at center half he can play right back this that and the other and you know sort of jack of all trades master of none i think shackleton's a good player he you know he got promoted with leeds and played a lot of games and i think there's a role for him in the squad i, I just would like us to be signing specific players for specific roles not somebody that can fill in here there and everywhere um uh, I, I, again he's a good player he, i'm not i'm not taking anything away from him but I, I, you know for example fleming fleming was brought in for one for one role um cresswell i know we've spoke about him and he's not worked out but he was brought in to play at center half not play anywhere else you know callum styles on his debut played in three different positions at home I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. a good player potentially there as well. Yeah. He's a good lad. I mean, something what I'll pick up on what was on, you know, some of the tweets what was out yesterday on Twitter. I mean, Phil Clark, friend of the show, um, he put, today, improvement from Wednesday, which was a step up from last Saturday, 
Rebuilding confidence takes time, but already players look more relaxed and solid in this formation. Stick with it for three, four more games uh, and the same starting 11. Let it bed in and then hopefully they'll, they'll reap the rewards. Agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I don't see the point in keep changing things. You know, Rotherham, okay, they're not one of the best sides in the division, but it was a step forward. It, it We did play reasonably well, you know, for for large parts of that. Won the game on Saturday. I, I maybe changed the team, um, I said yesterday, and I'd, you know, uh, switch Brad for sure and a phobie. Um, but there's no need to change from what we did yesterday. If we go to Bristol City with the same shape, same yeah. team, if they're all fit, I can't see why we can't go and cause them problems and, and, and win the game. No, I totally agree. I mean, you agree with that tweet as well, then, Ben? Uh, you might have seen me grimace then. Um, do I agree with it? Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with it in a sense of, do I want us to stick with that formation? Yes. I think my issue with it is I go back to Rowett still not knowing what our best, best formation is, still yeah. not knowing what our best team is. And that's my problem with it. I think the four suits us. I think we look better. Let's stick with it. But I think my issue with it is we still don't know, as I said, is that our best team? Does Rao, I think that's our best team, more importantly. Right. On that bomb note, we're going to end this here and we're going to come back in with part two. We're going to briefly talk about Bristol City away and uh, and see what these guys want as their starting 11s. We'll be back straight after this. So then Saturday, Caesars travelled to Bristol City. Um, they got beat on Saturday by Birmingham 3-0. Uh, we're going in on the back of a win. They're going in on the back of a, on the back of a loss. Uh, we are away from home. Um, I'll go to you first, Ben. What formation would you play against them and what would be your start in 11? I think, as I, as I said in, in the end of part one, I think I'd still stick with the four. I think that's our best formation and probably agree with Stephen, really. I, I just, the only person I'd probably change is, is I'd probably play a phobia rather than Bradshaw. I think that's our best team. I think it's our most threatening team. We look better going forwards. I think we're better in the two. I think the fullbacks look better. Um, you could probably change either of the two in midfield. And I mean, that Shackleton could play for Savile. Savile could stay in there. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're far off our best side, but for me, I'd probably just play a five over the Bradshaw. Stephen, I mean, is there any, any fears you've got of um, what Bristol City could bring to us on Saturday? Um, not necessarily what they can bring to us, but I think it's us getting in our own heads about the away form um, and just the kind of mentality that the supporters... And I, I think the players... The players are not stupid. They, they see you know, what goes on social media. They see the match reports, you know, when we haven't won an away game since March, we've, you know, it was almost as if a point at Rotherham was seen as a, a little bit of a victory, not for me, but it was seen by some of the, the fans that that was a, you know, a really great result. Um, I think take whatever, take Bristol city out of the equation. Um, if we go there and play, in the same manner as yesterday, in the same shape, I think we can go there and win the game. They're not one of the great. Again, they, I think there was I saw a stat earlier that 
our run of fixtures are against teams that I think know higher than 14th in the table over the coming yeah, four, four or five games. I know, you know, usually we don't play, we play worse against the teams at the bottom rather than the teams at the top. But I think if, you know, we can go there with no fear. I, I don't have, I might look stupid now next week if, if they, you know, turn up and play like you know, Manchester City, which... Um, fair play if they do, but I, I don't think there's anyone or anyone in their side or, or them as a team that that really worries me. It's how we go there and how we approach the game that gives me a little bit of concern. Yeah, something we just said there. Mills' next six matches are against teams currently 18th, 12th, 22nd, 23rd, 14th, and 20th in the table, um, which does represent a massive opportunity to us to push um, push up towards the playoffs before the World Cup. That wasn't my words. That was um, Jake Saunders' words. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's now a chance for us to get a run together and potentially, um, you know, take take the ball by the horns or something and really um, make a stand for ourselves and potentially get back into playoff contention. Um, the only, the only caveat to that, Mickey, and I don't want to be a negative Mill fan, is that out of those sides, we got Watford, West Brom, Birmingham. They're probably in false positions. Maybe not Birmingham, but certainly Watford and West Brom. So whilst they are in those positions in the league for a reason, they're probably in slightly false positions. And that's probably maybe, maybe. Being a, that's probably may, maybe me being a really negative Millwall fan and thinking, yeah, we're probably not going to get a result against those <laughs> sides. I hope we are, and we'll take the positives out of it. But yeah, I think, I think that's being a, a realist. <laughs> yeah. So. Those games over, World Cup comes on. We've got a game against international um, pedigree. Uh, we're taking in a, a Danish side. Um, I can't think of their name off the top of my head. Stephen, you're taking um, What's your thoughts on that? I was talking about this uh, the other day when it was announced. I think it was yesterday that the, the fixture was announced. It's now worked out that Millwall only have one week a weekend off now during the World Cup because you've is that because got... of the rearranged Sunderland game? Yeah, yeah. So it, I think I think we miss a, so we miss a week. Then we've got the friendly against Bronby, and then we've got um, Sunderland, the rearranged Sunderland fixture, which I, I honestly think it's a good thing. I, we're not the only club that's going to organise a friendly. You know, let's face it, we're not we're not reinventing the wheel there, but we'll play a friendly and then it's a competitive game before other clubs in the championship play competitively. Um, I think that's something we've really got to take advantage of um, because we'll be back in the swing of things maybe a bit quicker than than um, everybody else. Again, you've got to go to Sunderland and, and get a result. But That's a crazy kickoff time as well. Half 12 is a, it's, is a it's, madness. I think it's because there's a potential clash of an England game, isn't there? If I think England, play, it could, the way the fixtures work, if it was a three o'clock kickoff, it would clash with England, which would then, you know, I, I think, you know, crowds and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think it's great to play Bromby. Um, you know, we seem to be, um, Husky seem to be pulling strings in uh, Scandinavia with, you know, the Swedish side over in, in the summer. We've got the Danish side. Um, I just think we, we need to be looking at some of their players. Um, you know, Fleming's come over from Holland and, and worked. So why can't we, you know, tap into some of those 
those countries there's obviously links there because we wouldn't get the friendly otherwise um, no see I don't know if the friendly was organised through Husky or whether or not it's through Hummel because I think Hummel sponsoring oh, oh yeah even Hummel Hummel sponsored yeah. their shirt so possibly a deal there but um, Bailey you're looking forward to having international at the dent even though allegedly um, their fans aren't allowed to travel um, because yeah. of a ban I mean look why not right they're uh, well they UEFA Conference League, I think. Um, a really good pedigree side, as, as Stephen said. Yeah, look, and I think, why why not? Why are we not looking at their their players in terms of who can we potentially look at? Um, I don't see a problem with it being one of our weekends off or on, however you want to look at it. I think normally it would be a league game for us. It's just an anomaly in terms of where the World Cup is. So it's, it's no different for anyone. There's no change. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, what, yeah. Hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully we can potentially look at someone and, yeah, see where it goes. But, yeah, no problem with it at all for me. Excellent. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, um, Stephen, you got any final words you want to say? Um, I think sometimes we get caught up in the negativity. Ben's kind of said a couple of times, being a negative Millwall fan, I think we just want what's best for the club. We want what's best for the team. and we want. I think we all know that we're better than what we have been so far this year. So, um, three points is three points doesn't matter who they come against um, and that's the aim and objective for, for next weekend I don't think there's any reason why we can't go there and get the job done so just before I come to you Ben what's your predictions for Saturday then Stephen 2-0 um, Millwall um, okay. Fleming to Fleming to, to continue his his, uh, uh, his his goal scoring exploits and I reckon um, I reckon Tyler Tyler okay. get Scorch as well. Okay, no worries. Um, ben, what's your um any final words and then uh, and then your prediction? Yeah, final words. I think for me, I'm probably the most pessimistic of Millwall fans. Uh, but similarly what Stephen said, look, I'll be only on what wants best for the club. I think for me, it's been better the last few weeks. If we can continue on that trend, I think for me, we've had a really good transfer window. I hope we can continue it. I hope we can just just improve. Um and yeah, I'm going to go with a pessimistic one-all draw against Bristol City. <laughs> wow. And on that bombshell, um, look, we've had two new voices. We did have Kai, obviously. Hangover has got him, bless him. Um, definitely not the Millwall, I know. But still, um, he'll learn, he'll get better. Um, but that's it from us. Uh, we'll be back later on in the week where there'll be a more in-depth look at Bristol City away. Um, with Omar and the regular guys. Hopefully, if you enjoyed the two new faces, who will be uh, coming in a lot more regular, hopefully. And that's it. Uh, remember to follow us across socials. Um, go over onto YouTube and give us a subscribe if you can. That would be really, really helpful. Um, and that's it. Bristol City away on Saturday. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory. Fleming to score two <laughs> and a Phoebe to score one. Um, check that out on Skybet yeah and uh, hey ho I I, I have nice things on my cornflakes every morning so yeah I live in a reality um, which isn't the same as most other fans so thanks very much for joining us that's it from us and we'll be back later in the week adios the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.